Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 480. To answer everyone's question that emails me and says, how do I get your job? The answer is, you just do it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Matt Farah. Matt, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, I am. All right. Great to have you here. Matt Farah is the executive producer and host at The Smoking Tire in Playa del Rey, California. Founded in 2009 as a way to improve upon his already successful internet series, Garage 419, Matt and his creative crew produce automotive videos, reviews, editorials, and a podcast about automobiles and anything on wheels. Their smoking tire video series can be enjoyed on YouTube's premium drive channel, and you can keep up with what Matt's doing on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The Smoking Tire is also available as a full-service in-house production company, available for editorial and promotional projects. So Matt, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Before we get into the questions, could you share a, a little bit more with our listeners here and tell them a little bit about your career and your passion for automobiles? Uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I guess you have kind of an older bio because since then I've done two television shows, we've made two movies. Um, you know, we do the work with the Drive Network, which is now owned by uh, Time Inc., as well as Drive on NBC Sports. Cool. And uh, we have 530,000 subscribers on YouTube, and we are uh, consistently top three automotive podcasts on iTunes. So we've been able to crank it out and uh, and stay there, which is great. It's absolutely great, and that's why it's so nice to have you in the show. I feel like the student here talking to the professor. So I appreciate you being a guest today. And I know my listeners are going to be excited to learn a little bit more about you. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your career, driven you down your paths. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here, in your case, Matt. So take the wheel. Well, I am going to have to steal a quote from my friend Joe Rogan, who is a very successful comedian and car enthusiast and I get to hang out with once in a while. Uh And uh, a couple years ago, I was hanging out with him and I heard him say, 
that the universe rewards hustle. Mm. And, <laughs> you know, as someone you, you, you clearly know, as someone who's done, you've done 480 shows in the last year and a half. I yep. mean, no one, nobody ever got anywhere without being uh, prolific. Yes. And without working, sometimes for money, sometimes for no money, sometimes for negative money, <laughs> you know, but, but, uh, if you, if you work hard in a, in a sustained way over a long period of time, I think the universe tends to reward your hustle. Yeah. You know, that's a great quote and it's a great way to think. I had Adam Carolla on not too long ago and he said the same thing. He said, you know, Mark, every morning I just get up and start moving my legs and I don't stop until I, fall asleep at night. So for you, Matt, I mean, you've done so many things and you are so active in the automotive world. Has that been the key to your success as you've been moving forward? You're just hustling all the time. You know, it's funny you mentioned Adam Carolla because Adam, I did a television show with called The Car Show in 2011. So I got to watch him work as well. And and uh, I like Adam a lot. We, we get along. He's a good guy. And, and um you know, he would show up to set in the morning, um, you know, wherever that set was. Sometimes it was, you know, in L.A. and sometimes it was at a racetrack out in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. And he would do his takes and then he would go in his car and be typing uh, typing out a book or a screenplay on his laptop. <laughs> you know, and then he'd he'd go record a podcast in the car on the way to the Morongo Casino Hotel where he'd do a, you know, a 90-minute stand-up set for 2,500 people. And, you know, that, that was instrumental to me because it was like, here's a guy who's, who's famous, you know, yes, he's famous, but he's not, you know, the super A-list $20 million a movie famous, Mm -hmm. you know, and yet he's managed to find bits and pieces of a very successful career all over the place. Yeah. You know, whether it's writing a book, doing a TV show, doing his podcast, producing other podcasts. You know, you don't hear Adam's name in the media every day and it's he's not, you know, headlining, you know, the newest Michael Bay movie, but you know, he's made of a, a lot of money. He's got a, a fantastic car collection. You know, he seems to wake up pretty happy every day. Yeah. And and he did it by you know, I'm sure he said it on your show at some point. It's like it's like having one oil drum with 20 hoses in it all on trickle. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's like you got to jump around from hose to hose and adjust the tap and keep it keep things going. You know, if you can find if, uh, a balance of what type of work you're doing, what type of media you're creating or or whatever, mm-hmm. um and you do enough of it, it you know, it will it'll add up. Absolutely. And that's obviously what you're uh, you're doing. I mean, with all the different things you're involved with. Yeah. I mean, it's it, a lot. It's a lot, it's a lot it of work. Is. It's a lot. And it's and it, and it's a lot even if you just look at the 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 output. You know, if you just look at my videos, it seems like a lot. If it, you know, I pu- I put out uh, a brand new hour of video content every week. Oh my gosh! You know, and we we do a, a ninety minute podcast a week. You know, and then there's and, and then there's television and, and and all this other stuff. But you, you know, you don't even really think about the transit times. You know, we did a I did a I did a one day shoot at the track last week where I reviewed four cars on the racetrack. You know, but it was a full day transit to get there and another full day transit to get home. Oh yeah. You know, it was 600 miles away. And so it all kind of adds up. 
I really started becoming to me successful when I started doing math. <laughs> um, and uh, when I started doing math and really looking at, you know, what makes money, what doesn't make money, how much money does this make and how, how much money does, does this lose? Yeah. And I really started cutting all the stuff that lost money yep. and focusing and do, undoing a lot of the stuff that makes money. Math is good. Math is good. I used to not like math, but math is, <laughs> math is really good. Math is very important in business. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all about the hustle, and that's what you're up to, and your team, and you guys are doing an awesome job. Would you share a story with the listeners? What instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment as you look back in your life when you realize that Matt was really a car guy? Um, I mean, if you want to go back really far, we can go back to when I was five and my dad brought me like my first ever car and driver magazine. <laughs> cool. And that issue is of the magazine is, is I go back to it a lot because there's a lot of, you know, you remember things like that. And I remember this issue of the magazine very clearly. And it was funny because it was 1985 and the cover had a drawn rendering in which the magazine predicted that the 1989 Corvette will be mid-engined, finally. <laughs> and, you know, what's great about it is they publish basically the exact same cover about every 10 years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and so that, it wasn't that, though. There was a spread inside about DeLorean. And that, oh, yeah. seeing a DeLorean with the gullwing doors and the stainless steel, and this was before I had seen Back to the Future, that image to me made uh, made it very apparent that a car could be more than just something that you know my mom drives me to kindergarten in. Oh yeah, um, you know I I actually I own a DeLorean now. That oh was, no kidding. Yeah, that was sort of the one where I had to have it because of that memory, and it's still every time I see it, it makes me smile. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, those childhood memories they definitely linger, and it's really cool that you have a DeLorean. I had a guest on not too long ago, Barry Wills, who just authored his first book about John DeLorean. He was the longest working employee for the DeLorean Motor Company. He was one of the first oh, really? guys. Yeah, he was one of the first guys hired. And the So last, what, what does that mean? He worked for about six months, huh? Four years. <laughs> four, yeah, four years. And he was the last guy out the door after John yeah. DeLorean was arrested and the company was dissolved. He oh, was he... working with the government to dissolve everything. So he was... Uh, accelerated up to CEO. And yeah, very interesting story, but I don't want to get on that path. There's a deep, dark rabbit hole of DeLorean nerddom, if you care to look. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> interesting story to that book. But anyway, let's move on with Matt here. I would love to take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. What you've chosen to do in life is a roller coaster. It's fraught <laughs> with ups and downs and challenges and failures. And I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or even better, a great failure that you've faced along the way. But the most important part of this is how did you overcome that and what did it teach you? Well, there's been a couple. I mean, look, there, there, there are a couple failures and it depends on what kind of failures you want to talk about. If you want to talk about failures in business, there's certainly a couple of those. Uh, if you want to talk about failures in ethical failures, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not perfect and I've had a couple of those. Uh, so, so you, you pick the direction and I'll give you. Yeah, let's talk about business because one of the things I love to do here in Cars, yeah, is explore people's entrepreneurial side, their business side and 
I'm sure there's something that occurred along the way with you where you learned something really valuable when you came out of the other end. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'll bring it back to learning to do math. Mm-hmm. You know, when we first started, it, it's so weird. When I started making videos, like I, I, I uh, <clears throat> we spoke about my friend Larry earlier, and Larry and I owned a car wash together, and we started making videos about the activities around. The, this is like in the very early days of YouTube. Oh, okay. And and someone saw those videos they were making around the activities at our car wash, and literally like. Like two weeks after I'd posted the first video, hired me to to host. Like it, like it would never happen. Like it couldn't happen again if the universe started over. You know what I mean? Like people are like, "How did you get started?" And it's like, "Well, I made three videos and someone gave me a job." Like it, yeah, it never. It couldn't ever happen again. You know, sure. and so. But the but the point of telling you that is that I started out on a path of of having a job. Like I had a I had a I had a job making videos with like a totally decent salary. Cool. You know, so for the first two years we had this show called Garage Four Nineteen and we were just paid employees and we made the show. And then it all ended. And when it all and when the when the when the market went down in oh eight, oh nine, the company went under and, and yeah. so it it stopped. And I wasn't allowed to take the show with me, so we had to start over. Oh. And for the first two or three years, you know, we we built an audience and, and we made some money and we grew and it was great. And this is the beginning of the smoking tire. But it, we always sort of saw it as this audition, this this rolling audition reel for like TV. Mm. Um, or something, you know, like, yeah, we're throwing all this money and time at these videos and we're only making about a third of it back, you know, but it's okay because we'll get a TV gig or we'll get a commercial gig or whatever. Yeah. It did happen over time, but, you know, when you're first getting into TV, it's not like you're making some giant salary. You know, you're kind of getting screwed at the, with the short end of the salary stick. Yeah. And so... The big the, the point is that that we were making these videos that everybody really liked and we thought we were doing sort of TV on the internet. Um it was a television quality program from the the filming and the editing and whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you actually start to do the math, even if a video did a half a million views or a million views, which most people would consider that a successful video, mm-hmm. you'd still lose money. And so we we I, I hung out. Um, I did this this gig with Forza Motorsport, the video game company. Oh yeah. Uh, and it was like a, a bit a thing where I I drove across Europe um, in this Audi R8, and my co-driver they had put me with a video game YouTube guy um, named Josh from from a, a channel called Smosh Games and. Basically, he told me how much money they were making doing video game videos. And I was absolutely shocked. I mean, mean, I was horrified. I was horrified that these guys were literally sitting in one room, never going anywhere, and cranking out five videos a day, all of which, if you ask me, are garbage. I mean, they're literally just like a Twitch stream of a guy playing a video game. I mean, it's just... It's the it's the lowest possible production value imaginable imaginable anywhere. Wow! And these guys were making a, just a fortune, and so I I didn't understand I didn't know how I could 
write that in my head that these guys are making all this money doing these terrible videos. Here we are doing this beautiful production, getting great view counts, but the videos take so long to make and so much energy yeah. that you just you're just losing money. And so he he why after spending five days in the car with this guy, the, the conclusion was I had to find I, I was I was attempting to do and I you I you know I feel like a bit of a, a bit of an ass because I use the word I a lot when we're having this conversation because it's just you and me. Yeah. And I do have to give credit to of course to my teams, Zach, that and Tom, because they've been there, you know, the whole time. Sure. Um and, and I say I, I mean we. I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not intentionally being selfish, but but basically, you know, we said we said we can't do TV on the internet because the internet doesn't reward quality. The internet yeah. is, a, is a math problem. It's just a math problem. Mm-hmm. X times formula equals dollars. That is it. And all that matters is the, is how high that ticker goes. Yeah. And how little, how, how little money can you spend to get that ticker as high as it can go. Mm. And I wish it wasn't that way. I wish the internet rewarded quality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish you got one penny for a click and you know three pennies for a like you know what i mean <laughs> sure yeah but, but that's not how the internet works the internet is and youtube is a very specific math problem that can be solved and the video game guys solved it and so i went home going well how do i get my video game money and ha- and it's not even just money how do i make this profitable yeah. by finding a happy medium between Video game videos and car videos. Right. And I came up with the format which I refer to as one take and it's because it's done in one take. But it's also, you know, I started by working backwards. I go, if a video gets 200,000 views, it makes roughly $300, which is, I mean, is incredibly depressing to think about. (laughs) Yeah. You've just entertained 300,000 people for 200 bucks. Yeah. I mean – you know, imagine, imagine, you know, a movie theater a, with those kind of numbers. Theater, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, it's so depressing. Yeah. But you do the math and you go, okay, I know that a video about an enthusiast car like a BMW E30 M3 will probably get around 300,000 views. That's or, that's worth around 300 bucks. I am only willing to do $300 worth of work to get that video. If I do Two thousand dollars worth of work, yeah. which when you're talking about video production, as I'm sure you know, that adds up very quickly. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I just said, well, what if I went out and I didn't have B-roll, and I didn't have beauty shots, and I didn't have good audio, and I didn't have editing? What if I got rid of all of that and just drove a car in real time? Yeah. Would anybody watch that? Mm-hmm. As it turns out, like, yeah, a lot of people do. And a lot of people watch it because it's there. A lot of people watch it because they like my opinion of whatever I'm driving. Right. I have I have fans bring me cars now. A lot of people uh a lot of people watch it. You know, if you get on a regular schedule, as I'm sure you know, I you know, I post a new video every, Monday through Thursday at four AM every week, fifty two weeks a year. Yeah. And so People, it becomes their routine. Wake up, morning coffee, cigarette, smoking tire, like before work. You know, mm-hmm. it becomes the routine and it becomes like a morning show. Yeah. And so as of um, 
we're going as of about the beginning of 20, uh, middle of 2014, we had 105 or 106 smoking tire videos that we'd made from 2009 to 2014. So five years yields 100 videos, right? Wow, okay. Between 2014 and now, we have 450 videos. Wow. So I have, I have almost quintupled the volume of videos that we have on the internet. Now, if you ask me, they're crap. I know it <laughs> because they're, they're, they're not pretty. The audio is never perfect. You know, they're not, they're not good. Yeah. And yet they get the same exact number of views as something that is produced. Wow. And so all of a sudden out of nowhere, not only have I, I've cut my costs by 90% because I don't have a cameraman or an editor or anybody. Yeah. Uh, I've increased my volume by 500%. Yep. And I've given the audience, the audience resents being asked to pay for anything. Of course. So if they don't <laughs> want to pay for filet mignon, I will throw McDonald's at them for free all day long. Yeah. And then, you know, and it again, it took a while to build that and some people complain that there's no B-roll, but all you have to do is math. I mean, it's yeah. literally it's that simple and you stand back and look at it and I just go, the internet pays volume, I'm going to crank out volume until I literally drop dead. <laughs> well, it sounds like you answered my next question was the aha moment, which is when you discovered what works. So, kitties out there, listen to Matt. Math is important. It makes me sad though because I understand things like yeah. Snapchat and Vine and sh- and everything is now short form and it just it's a flood of volume and it's not there's not really any filter for the quality anymore. Yeah. But and I and it makes me sad and and there are other companies out there that that do very beautiful films and and I'm not going to I'm not going to drop names or anything like that but they're names that most people have heard of yeah. and they lose an of a shocking amount of money on their videos yeah and they make it up other ways or or they they have other reasons for existing but the audience doesn't know the difference and so it makes me sad that I can't be the guy and my team can't be the ones making the most beautiful videos out there but the fact of the matter is the CEO of McDonald's makes more money than the CEO of Capital Grill <laughs> yeah, nice way to put it. You know what I'm saying? I like... understand. It's volume. <laughs> yeah, volume and what the and it's what the market will bear and what the market will pay for. So I think you answered a couple of questions for me there. Let's talk a, a moment about Prouder's career moments. I would assume you've had many. You've done so many things. You've got your hands in so many things. But is there one that stands out for you? Proudest career I mean, it's hard for me to pick one, you know, one specific proudest career moment. I've had a lot of a lot of really cool opportunities. I mean, a lot of the best opportunities I've had are are getting to drive something very cool, you know, in a very cool place. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are literally too many of them to count. I mean, there's, you know, I've been I I drove an Aston Martin in Oman, I drove a Skyline across Japan. I mean, you know, I've had all these crazy you know, cool car. I've driven, you know, Koenigseggs on runways and, and, and I've been to some of the best racetracks in the world. I got to drive on Spa, the Nürburgring, all that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, oh, I, here's a good one. I'm, I'm in Forza Motorsport 6. Oh, so I okay. think it, you know, it wasn't a huge gig. It was like a one day voiceover gig. Yeah. But I mean, getting to be in Forza Motorsport as myself. <laughs> that is cool. 
that's pretty cool. I really, I, I think that's, that's a pretty neat thing. I think that's a really neat thing. Awesome. Hey, well, let's have a little bit of fun here. Tell me about your first really special car and maybe share one memory you have with that vehicle. My first special car, I had a couple kind of, I had a, a couple whatever cars. Um, my first <laughs> yeah. special car I, I got when I was 17. And uh, all my friends all had Mustangs. They all had Fox body Mustangs. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I had. I was driving a Subaru at the time and I wanted a Fox body Mustang. I wanted a notch back like all my friends had. Yeah. And my mom said, you can go out and get a muscle car if you want. You can trade your car and go get a muscle car, but it has to have dual airbags. So I couldn't get a Fox body. So I got the 1994 Mustang GT, which was the rounded one. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It was seven days before I had the engine out of it. <laughs> uh, we did a, a, a stroker kit on it and uh, a little bit of head work, and um, I got coilovers. I don't even I don't even think I really knew what coilovers were, <laughs> but you got, but I got coilovers, and, I, and we made it look like a Cobra R. Oh yeah, uh, it was a GT, and we sort of cloned a Cobra R a little bit. Uh huh. And I it was fast for a seventeen year old. Oh yeah. Um, I got a ticket my first ever day of college. For doing a burnout in front of the library, Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh, and I got pulled over actually by six bicycle cops. Oh gosh, that's um, humiliating. So that was, yeah, yeah. Welcome to college. Here <laughs> yeah, you go. yeah. You delinquent. <laughs> and then I uh, I sold it to a guy who totaled it the next day. Oh the no. Very next day. Yeah. Oh gosh. But I, I I've re, I'm reliving that with uh, you know I have a I have a notch back now the car I wanted and my mom said I couldn't get I now have one of those. Oh, good for you, cool. Yeah, I had a '66 fastback. It was a GT350 Shelby clone. And oh yeah, I had done a really nice job building. I drove that car to work every day for a couple of years until somebody yeah. somebody offered me way more money than it was worth. So I let it go. But very fun car. I couldn't get gas without it being a 30 minute deal because everybody wanted to come over and talk about their history with a mustang you know grandma yeah. little kids whatever so yeah that happens with my with my delorean a lot yeah. is there that is it gets a lot of attention oh, absolutely how about a car that you let go that you really wish you had back in the garage is there one you can think of that that's eller's remorse i will say that i don't i don't wish i had it now but i definitely sold it before it's time mm-hmm. i had a i had a 2006 Audi S4. Oh, nice cars. Which was a very nice car. And, and when I had it, it was great. And it was like, it was fast and it made it, I had this ex- an exhaust on it. It made a really great sound. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a very solid feeling. And it was just, I was, I was living in New York at the time and it was just a beast in the snow. Yeah. Uh, with snow tires. I sold it. I can't believe I, I traded it straight up. It only had about 20,000 miles on it, and I traded it straight up for a Hummer H1. <laughs> Why'd you do that? <laughs> because I was, it, it, it was one of the dumbest, like, literally the dumbest thing you can imagine. Like, I, I was sitting in some horrible traffic jam from some horrible rainstorm mm. on my way to work, and I saw a guy in a Hummer like cut through the grass and like <laughs> go around and get on. And I was just like, I want to do that. I was just like, if I had a Hummer, I would have cut this grass and been out of here and then uh, <laughs> and literally I, I was working at an exotic car uh, rental company at the time okay. and a guy drove in with a black H1 wagon and was like I'm trying to sell this thing. Yep. And I and that day. I mean it was that day. Oh and gosh. 
Yeah. I took the H1 for a drive. I said, oh, this isn't so bad. And, and I traded him on the spot. And, uh, <laughs> and I regretted it every, every minute since I regret it. Uh, I probably still would not have the S4 today, but if I had spent the next six months or eight months driving an S4 instead of a stupid Hummer, uh, I think my life would have been a little better. <laughs> a little bit better. Well, yeah. sorry to bring up that memory. We all do those oh, it's things. Okay. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that my misery can amuse others. There you go. Now, how about current projects? Let's talk a little bit about what you guys at the Smoke and Tire are up to this year. You know, we're in uh, March, April here. Actually, April Fool's Day, the day this show goes live, which is kind of funny. <laughs> what do you guys have planned this year? What are some great new exciting things you're doing in 2016? Uh, well, you know, all of my guys, all four of us at the Smoke and Tire, um, we also work at Drive, um, which was purchased by Time Incorporated. It is now called The Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are doing the video for them this year, and we've already started shooting for that. Nice. So um, so there's a lot of that going on. And, and uh, the first bit we did was a bunch of track tests in super sports cars, which was which is great. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we're doing Drive on NBC Sports as well. Awesome. Uh, which is our half-hour uh, show. They picked it up for a third season. And, Congratulations. Uh, we, we've done some uh, – we did some pre-production a couple of weeks ago, and it's, it's going really well. We have some really fun ideas, and I, and I hope that the uh, network lets us do them, which I think they will. Cool. Of course, I've got the one-takes keep coming. We are – you know, I, because I do fan cars, I schedule these cars between four and six at a time, and mm-hmm. I shoot them, and uh, I, sh- I bang them out, and uh, – there's about a three-month waiting list right now if you want me to drive your car. Oh, my so, gosh. <laughs> which is not – at one point, it was up to almost eight months, um, the list. I booked – Wow. Uh, the shoot that I'm doing tomorrow morning, I booked in August. And oh I guess gosh. that because I've done so many of these, the list is getting a little smaller. So at some point, I will give up on this. Like yeah. at some point – like I love doing these and the amount the variety of cars I get to drive are just amazing. I oh, mean yeah. and it's stock cars and modified cars and old cars and new cars and I mean literally my only requirement is that it's interesting to me and that I haven't driven it before. So yeah. that leaves a lot of room on the table for that. But I'm I'm trying to avoid repeats. And so <laughs> I'm gonna run out at some point, but there's a lot of other stuff happening in the uh in the television pipeline. Uh-huh which I'm, I'm very excited about. Um, we're continuing our Million Mile Lexus project, which if you haven't heard about that, I, I bought a Lexus on Craigslist with 900,000 miles on it. Yeah. <laughs> on the original engine, and I'm trying to get it to a million miles. Cool. And so uh, that's at like 935,000 right now, so nice. we're going to keep going on that. And I'm trying to not my, – my goal for 2016 is don't buy – don't buy too many cars. <laughs> well, like I just don't I don't want to buy any more cars because I don't have anywhere else to keep them and Well, I, it sounds like you are having a lot of fun, my friends, you and your crew. Congratulations for everything that's going so well this year. It's Now, this next question I have for you is a very introspective question, Matt. If you were a car, what kind of car would Matt be and why? Well, that's, that's a tough one. Sounds like a dating show question. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a very it, – it helps us get into your skull a little bit about how you perceive yourself. Well, you know, if, you're, if we're talking about physical attributes, I imagine uh, – I don't know. I'd probably be something like, a, uh, like an Audi A8 diesel. Okay. Like an Audi, <laughs> because, like, because I'm luxurious. 
There you go. Uh, I'm I'm large and spacious. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like the I like the finer materials in life, finer things. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of like really high quality, simple stuff like uh, like Tumi suitcases. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, like Gurkha leather products and stuff like that. There you go. Like I don't I'm not into like the crazy expensive stuff, but I'm into like just a really finely made thing. Yeah. And uh, and I'm big, but I'm I'm surprisingly efficient. <laughs> there you go. Well, see, you answered that really well. I like that. Good job. Good job. So Matt up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Matt, we are back, and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? God, I, I love your your analogies and puns. Well, thank you. Amazing. amazing. <laughs> well, thanks. I try, I try real hard. I do a lot of writing. I write a weekly blog for Cars Yeah, and I used to write a lot of copy for ad work and stuff. So uh, thank you very much. I'll take that as a very high compliment coming from you. Envious of, of your ability to draw analogies. <laughs> thank you. All right. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? From my dad. My dad said and still says that a car's primary job is to turn on when you turn the key and take you somewhere and then get you home. And if <laughs> yes. a car doesn't do that, why would you want it? Why would you want it? Good advice, Dad. How about a personal habit? We talked about hustle, but is there one thing that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? I think responsibility, hmm. actually. I think that I have a very good track record of 
bar- borrowing cars and bringing them back in the condition that they were given to me. Even though I'm like uh, boisterous and and loud and opinionated, and I know that even even with that, I have a humility, or I'm able to, I'm able to mask ego mm. in that I in that I weigh risk versus reward constantly. Ah, yeah. Um, and and it, it especially comes when you're when you're driving a lot of these people's cars. Yep. Uh, I'm not out there to win races. I'm out there to give my thoughts. And if you if you put me in a race car and say I want you to set a lap time, I will do that. You know, but but ultimately I'm there to entertain a viewer and I, and I always am am cognizant of the fact that I'm driving a borrowed machine. I have mechanical sympathy. <laughs> I like that. You know, it's a great way to say it too. Mechanical sympathy. Yeah. Now, how about a resource? I know there's tons of awesome resources out there, but is there one in particular you'd like to extend to the Car Show listeners? And it can be one of your shows, too. You know, ironically, I think that a lot of the people I meet and a lot of the people that ask me questions like that are surprised to learn that I don't actually intake a lot of other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's not... It's not a knock or that, that I'm, that I'm too good to listen to it or anything like that. You know, a lot of my friends who like review cars, I, I, I prefer to not listen to their reviews. That way it doesn't creep into my head. Uh, yeah. But I would say that, um, of the things I look at every day, um, bring a trailer is, uh, is a, is a guilty pleasure. I'm sure you're familiar. Have you had Randy yeah, on the show? Randy has, yeah, Randy was a very early guest here on Cars. Yeah, yep. You know, Randy is, I mean, he's magnificent. He's just a, just a wonderful person. And I got to, I actually had the privilege of driving his, uh, his 63 Corvette. Nice. Uh, before he sold it. Um, cool. so bring a trailer is definitely my, my, my daily, uh, dirty habit of where to, th- what holes to throw my money down. And then, and then honestly, it's the standard stuff. I, uh, I read, um, uh, my friend Richard Porter has a website called Sniff Petrol that's uh, sort of like the onion for car news, and yep. it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and I, I like that. And uh, and if I, you know, if I, I listen to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast a lot. Um, oh yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and I, I read Reddit, uh, Reddit's cars section, and uh-huh. and I read Jalopnik, and yep. and I read uh, I read Road and Track. So I guess I do read my friends' reviews. You do, just a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's okay. This is actually a cold, dirty truth, and it's not going to sound very nice. I only read the reviews of journalists that I know are faster than me around a racetrack. Ah, uh, there you go. And, and because uh, seriously, like that's cold as ice. But that is a cold, hard <laughs> truth. If you care about what, uh, if you want me to care about what you have to say about a car. You had better be quicker than me in that car. I like it. There's a <laughs> there's a scoop for you, cars, yeah, listeners. Now, now, reading. Speaking of reading, is there a book that you've maybe read in the last six months or so you think our listeners would really enjoy cracking open? Oh yeah, well, I'll, I'll plug him again. Uh, Richard Porter, Sniff Petrol, who uh, was a script editor for Top Gear for 13 seasons, mm. uh, wrote a book called "And on That Bombshell," which was a behind the scenes in the making and thought processes that go into Top Gear. You know, being in Los Angeles and in the TV business, I find myself in in meetings a lot where people bring up the idea of, well, make it like Top Gear, and uh, and if you read that book, you learn why exactly you can't just do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty special chemistry going on there. Well, 
awesome book. I'll tell our listeners you can find all these great resources Matt has been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash Matt Farah. All right, Matt, we are up to the last question, the checkered flag. And it, this one can be a real doozy for a car guy who likes a lot of cars like you. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, I'm sorry, my friend, I said just one, but I'm going to buy you any car on the planet today. What would it be and why? So this is a weekend car, but I only get one. You only get one. And there is no price limit. I'll buy you whatever you'd like. Whatever. I would like a McLaren F1 LM, and it'll only cost you about $25 million. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, that one hurt. Well, let me, let me ask you. I mean, I, I know why you love that car. It's been selected by a few other guests here, but what is it to Matt that makes that car so special? Well, it has... Almost 700 horsepower and weighs 2,300 pounds. That's and nice. You, and you sit in the middle. <laughs> That's so nice. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have actually been in one as a passenger, and it's it's a ride. Uh, and it's I've driven the regular F1 yeah. uh, once for about 10 minutes, uh-huh. and there's nothing regular about a regular F1. Yes. But, but it was a it was a a truly unique experience that is not available anywhere else at any price. Yeah. And the LM version of it, I mean, you know, if you're going to have a collector car, you might as well go all the way. If you're buying, right? Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? I'll write the check. I own those big golfer checks. You know that you have to have two yeah. gr- pretty girls holding up. It's so big. Yes. Wow. Well, Matt, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little better and sharing your stories with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the racetrack in your very own McLaren F1 LM? Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the parting advice, I would say, and to answer everyone's question that emails me and says, how do I get your job? <laughs> um, the answer is you just do it. Yes. Uh, if you want to write, you start writing. If you want to do a radio show like Mark, you do a radio show. If you want to make videos, buy some equipment and start making videos. You know, assuming that I ended up where I am by accident or by luck is probably not the way to go about it. You know, if you want to do what I do and, and, and then you gotta, you gotta go out and you have to learn the skills you need to do it and you have to figure it out and, and, the driving the sports cars isn't the job. The figuring out everything else, that's the job. So if you want to do the job, you got to do the work. Absolutely. Great advice. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about what you're doing this way this these days? What's the best way for them to, to see what you're up to? Uh, well, you can watch my videos Monday through Thursday on our YouTube channel, The Smoke and Tire. You can listen to our podcast every week on iTunes, The Smoke and Tire Podcast. Um, and you can, uh, let's see, you can follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook slash The Smoking Tire. Uh, and if you want to see us absolutely destroy some cars as we cross vast terrains off-road while trying not to go to jail, uh, you can watch our movies, All Cars Go to Heaven 1 and All Cars Go to Heaven 2, on our Vimeo page. There you go. Again, listeners, you can find links to all these awesome things that Matt has shared today at his very own show notes page on CarsYeah.com. Just type Matt in the search bar, and that page will pop up. Matt, thanks for taking some time today for sharing your life and your journey down the crazy roads you travel with the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Talk to you later. You're welcome. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.